0: you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So, with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: Good morning, Brian Benstock. How are you this morning, my friend?
2: I am great. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, you, I
2: know, you, know, you know, I, I, I want to steal some of the prior segment. Um, there's a book that I am reading that is so amazing. Um, probably one of the more impactful books I've read in the last five years. And that, you know, I've read some really interesting books. Uh, it's it's called The 5am Club by Robin Sharma. And you know, many of us, all of us, really are getting up at five or four or whatever time we get up. And I've been get an early riser for many years, and I've reaped the benefits. This book is freaking incredible. It's the Five A.M. Club, and we may already think that we're participating in the Five A.M. Club. We may think that we're participating in the benefits of getting up early. This book is intense, impactful. Uh, it's one of those, uh, you know, I, I find myself spilling over in my normal reading time into other activities time, you know, whether going to the gym or whatever else is scheduled after the reading time, because I don't want to put the book down. It's it's dog-eared already. It's highlighted. And, you know, my, my wife gave it to me and I thought like, well, I'm already doing this. I mean, I'm okay. I started reading a couple of pages and I started reading a couple more. I'm like, holy cow. And then I I posted a quote from the book on Instagram or something. And my wife said, see, I told you. So it's it's really, really a special book. And I highly recommend it, especially for anybody looking to make a change, make an impact, go in a different place than where they are. Whatever level you're at, you want to get to a completely different level. I would recommend the book.
1: 5am Club is an amazing book. And speaking of books, so I launched, I started doing... Phase 1, 75 hard this week. I'm on day number five, so it's funny you say 5 a.m. club. And the book I happen to be reading this time around, which surprisingly I had never read before, I'd I'd seen a lot of it online, but I'd never actually read the book, I started reading The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And I think it's a great transition for what we're going to talk about this morning because I think the love languages, it's a great way to really build relationships. And they don't just necessarily have to be romantic style relationships, right? But understanding how other people think and feel and being able to respond in somebody else's love language, I think is really a huge part of building relationships. So that's what I've been reading. And that's really what we want to talk about this morning is those relationships, right? monday was kind of a disaster for many people i had clients and friends and people on social media that just completely lost their minds because for the better portion of the day they could not get on facebook and instagram and guys we all understand i think generally the importance of diversification right not putting all of your eggs in one basket but this morning what i really wanted to talk about was transitioning those relationships successfully offline right and especially in the wake of everything that's kind of happened in the last year with these events i think it's incredibly easy that we become complacent to social media or the dreaded you know zoom calls god i i've I've had more zoom calls this past year than i think i ever had in my life and you know i started thinking back last night when i was putting my content together to those times where you know i was in the girl scouts or i was younger in school and how excited i was you know to have those weekly breaks right those meetings or you know just to kind of get out and be social and so this morning like i said i kind of wanted to do a little bit of a twist You know, we talk about things like make sure you have an email list, make sure people can contact you, you know, via text or via website. But I wanted to take this in a little bit different direction this morning and really talk about some of the ways that you can create effective relationships with people. So that even though they might start out online, you have the ability to transition those relationships into successful business relationships, networking relationships, and most importantly, friendships off. Line. So, I'm super excited to dive into this this morning and very excited that you're with me, Brian Benstock. Brian uh, texted me last night and he's like, interesting discussion. And I don't know if he knew how I was going to spin this. Uh, so, I'm just going to start going through this list. And, and if anybody has feedback, I would love for you to chime in. So, my number one tip uh, for creating relationships online that you can transfer eventually offline is to be a positive person, you know, and I think that goes without saying, right, but people appreciate, in my opinion, um, they appreciate positive and uplifting vibes far more than those Debbie Downer ones, right? There's plenty. There's definitely no shortage of negativity in our world, right? So when you're standing out online for being like the negative Nancy or the person that's just constantly posting negative stuff, that gets to the point where people are like, eh, I kinda wanna walk away from that. We have enough of that, right? So I think that it's important on social media, especially if you want to start nurturing and building better relationships that you can take off of social media, stand out for being the person who's a cheerleader for others. And I think that you'll greatly increase your chances of having those offline connections. I know that's something really that that was just life-changing for me and if you go back um you know i have a little bit of shame about what i used to post online i'd I'd gone through some pretty tragic things in my life and unfortunately a lot of that anger hurt and pain you know back four or five years ago um it, it transposed into the things that i was posting and i'll never forget when i started you know kind of meeting people in real life People would actually come up to me and they'd be like, I stopped following you because you were just kind of negative all the time. And you were posting some some pretty, you know, negative stuff. And, you know, I think in hindsight, I, I realized that I was posting it, but I didn't. It was just kind of me expressing what was going on inside. But I made the decision to really shift that mentality and especially shift it in my messages on social media and today now, I'm known for my We Rise Together hashtag, my green hearts, because green means go. And it's it's generally, it's, it's taken me a lot farther than that negative connotation. And I, I don't think that you take it to the point where everything is positive, right? You need to have authenticity. Michelle, you Michelle, you are, it's, right?
2: Michelle, it's simple. Life favors the optimist, period. Uh, regardless of what you think or how you feel, life favors the optimist. If you're gonna be Debbie Downer, you know, people gonna say, oh gee, that's a shame. I'm sorry that happened to her. And if you're still being Debbie Downer, people are gonna say, gosh, she's still on that. And if you're gonna to continue to do it, people are gonna say, Get me the hell away from her. I can't take the negativity all the time. Ah I've got enough of it. Life favors the optimist in every endeavor. Sports. And I mean, that doesn't mean goofy blind optimism, but at the end of the day, realizing that it, it may be dark, but it will get light again. And you just got to stick through it and you got to stick to it and you got to stick with it. Even when there is no hope, the optimist wins because the optimist says, we'll get through this. Just step, just step, just step. And, and again, some people are going to think I'm oversimplifying and I am because life's not that difficult to understand. There's gonna be a lot of opportunities. There's gonna be a lot of difficulties. And when you're in the middle of the uh, difficulties, you step, you step, you step. And when you're reaping the rewards of the optimism and, 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 and the good times, you're grateful, you're grateful, you're grateful, and step, and gratitude, and step, and gratitude, and step. And, 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 and that formula, I, it works for everybody. It works for anybody, regardless of where, where you come from, regardless of your situations. You've had a terrible, tragic situation, a loss, a, pain uh you know just understand that it's part of life it's part of going up growing up and it's part of taking you know you got to step you just got to step forward and i think in in, at the end of the day those are the people those are the people that we admire the boxers that are on the canvas that 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 there's no way possible but they get up anyhow and they know they're going to get up and they're going to be in a world of poop once they get up but they get up anyhow those are the people that i look up to and i think in, in general society looks up to
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. You know, the same thing goes for me. And I I think gratitude uh, is sometimes, unfortunately, extremely underrated. But like you said, if you just keep stepping forward and keep stepping forward and keep stepping forward, and you have that positive outcome, in my opinion, everybody kind of loves the underdog or the overcomer story, right? So if you can come from a place of true, genuine authenticity of where, hey, I went through this, and this is how I overcame it, and this is who I am now, it, it does it magnetically draws and attracts people to you because everybody in life is going through something that you know nothing about just because somebody doesn't talk about it necessarily on social media guys i don't care how much money you have i don't care how much wealth or how many possessions, you like everybody goes through things in life that are really difficult. And I think what defines our character is how we come out of those situations. And I have really, I have tried so hard and and made so many strides in my own life to kind of push past pain and use it for a purpose. And so I love that you said that, Brian. and, And I think that that takes us really well too into tip number two. Guys, again, if you're just joining us this morning, we're talking about seven ways to take your social network off social and how to build relationships beyond the keyboard. We just talked about how important it was to be a positive person on social media uh, if you really wanna kind of create those connections and, and be able to develop them offline. But number two, and this is again, everything I'm discussing this morning, these are things that I have personally done in my life Uh, This is how I took most of my social media relationships offline and began to create a community of supporters and followers and influence and business relationships. Uh, So number two is help someone else get a win. I preach this every single day. Uh, Zig Ziglar once said, you can have everything you want if you help enough other people get what they want, right? I think that it's incredibly important that you're able to use your strengths and or your own connections, right? To lead somebody else to a victory. My hashtag, people ask me all the time, you know, my hashtag is we rise together, and people are like, they question it sometimes, like, does she really walk her talk? And guys, ask anybody. Like it literally is not just a hashtag to me, it's a mission that I'm on. And it's one that has cemented me countless real life relationships all that began on social media. When I launched my company, when I, I launched this idea that, hey, I need to change my life, I need to be a better person for my kids, for my family, for everything in life, and I started out in this mission, it became, hey, I just want to, to save one, right? Some of you know my story, some of you don't, I won't go into all of the gory details, but in 2016, I lost my husband to suicide and it was the most devastating thing any human being could probably ever go through. And in that moment, I I became bitter and I became angry. And the last thing on my mind was helping anybody else to try to get a win. It was how do I pull myself out of this nightmare that I'm in, right? But it's amazing what happens and how your life will transform when you start giving back and giving to others and helping other people grow, whether that's through a business transaction or it's just through a connection of saying, hey, I hear you. I'm here for you. What can I do to help propel you forward? I helped so many people for free in my early days, and I'm not saying by any capacity, not to charge for your work or, or anything like that, but when you're just starting out in business or you're just starting to try to create connections, especially on social media, if you add value to someone else's life and you help somebody else get to their win, I promise you, and I am living Proof that it will come back to you tenfold. And that's literally how I built my business. I went around and anytime people had a request on social media, maybe they didn't even know who Michelle McLean was, I would reach out and say, oh, hey, I have some experience in this area. How can I help you? And I started creating win after win after win after win win for other people. And eventually, all those wins began to come back into my world, into my lap. So if you really want to start transitioning those relationships from social media to real life and be able to really make an impact and a difference in your own, that's probably one of the biggest tips that I can give you is to help someone else get a win. What are your thoughts on that, Brian?
2: Well, yeah, I think that's what life is. Become I you know by accident I guess I realized that that uh, my my role is to help others now and develop people whether that be family and of course family first uh, but my business family as well and it is the most rewarding part of what we do uh, is helping other people to do what we do you know that's why you know, sometimes moderators will use the term superhuman to describe people that are on the stage and I I sort of cringe at that because that almost speaks of something that's unapproachable or unobtainable and it's I find it's quite the opposite you know that each of us has genius within us uh the, the the computer that's between your ears and is roughly the same in all of us the only difference is some exercise that computer more than others and therefore can get more out of it and you know it's been my I don't want to say mission, but, but really to, to be able to say to somebody, Hey, I did it. You can do it. Come on, let's go. It's really kind of simple. And we were, we were in the gym this morning and I was sort of out loud, um, uh, talking to the guys I was running with and just saying, it is just this, it is this boring every day, get up, get going and, you know, go through the routine. That's the hidden genius of, of what we do. It's not something special. You know, you don't want to get up filled with piss and vinegar one day, vim and vigor, you go out and you run whatever, you know, five miles, eight miles, 10 miles, whatever you consider hard, and then do nothing for three or four days. It's, it's the no cheat days that uh, you realize the value in the no cheat days, right? If you're restricting your caloric intake by 700 calories a day for six days, and uh, you've got 4,200 calories, you've lost roughly a pound. And then on Sunday, you go out and eat a pizza pie, well, you just wasted six days, actually seven days of effort. And, and so you're never going to get, you know, it's like saving $10 and then spending 11. Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure out you're not going to go anywhere doing that. But it's only the accumulation of time. And it is that proverbial hockey stick. When you stick with things, uh, the change is gradual at first, it's gradual at second, it's gradual. And all of a sudden that snowball as it starts to roll, every revolution becomes much more meaningful. And then, you know, uh, when that snowball starts rolling and becoming meaningful, why would you take away from that resource? Why would you go out and buy a Ferrari as you're just getting going? You sit there and say, no, 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 no. I'm just getting some traction. And then you get to be, you know uh hopefully advanced in this and you, and you really take a careful look at some of the things that you're doing but most importantly Michelle it's uh, you you want to bring others along the i used to think it was lonely at the top uh and i and i realized it's it's just not there's a lot of people on whatever level you get to uh you know there's there's always another level i remember buying my first apartment in manhattan and thinking the building should be rejoicing i just moved into the building here i am and and I realized the building was filled with a lot of people. And every one of those people that were in that building were there before me. And I'm getting a, hey, I'm kind of a young guy. I live here too. And, you know, they must have been snickering. Ha, ha, ha. You paid more than any of us to be here, boy. And you're late to the party. And the building was – and by the way, you're on a crummy floor and you're not facing – you're facing the wrong way on that crummy floor but i was just so damn happy to be there so you know real realizing that uh taking other people along with the uh, with you on that journey is the most rewarding part of the journey itself
1: yeah i couldn't agree with you more and it's so funny that you you said that quote that it's lonely at the top because when i when i bought my house here in colorado the beautiful twang sisters had this amazing- it,
2: it is lonely where you moved. I mean, what the do you think? <laughs> there
1: are only 680 people in this town. So yes, it can get a little bit lonely. I think I got
2: 680 people in my house.
1: <laughs> I probably can fit about that many in mine now, but no, the Twang sisters and the beautiful Vicki Everett, um, they sent me this amazing uh, wooden sign that they had made from a quote that Joey Farley said when we first actually started breakfast with champions and she said it's never lonely at the top if you bring others with you and so i live by that it's literally like it's hanging on my wall i look at it every single solitary day as a reminder to try and continue helping other people win and i know that you you're not a big fan of the superhuman phrase I don't even remember when i started saying that it's it's definitely been a few years but to me the definition of a superhuman is someone that goes out of their way to be a the best version of themselves but b to help other people become the best version of themselves. And so when I refer to people as superhumans, it's because they're the type of people that literally I see making an impact every single solitary day and continuing to go out of their way to help others rise. And so that to me is what defines a superhuman. And also going into tip number three here is kind of to me as well what makes up a superhuman i, I put a quote in the rising grind planner last year um and to be perfectly honest with you i don't even remember where it came from i i think it came out of a dream believe it or not um and i woke up one morning and these words just kind of like came into my head and it was bestowing unexpected kindness on an unsuspecting soul and again that's something that i literally try to live every single day of my life and it's a great way To be able to transition your relationships from social media to real life and i created it because like i said i do my very best every single day to walk my talk and i think that if you really want to create genuine relationships offline doing something kind for someone that you're connected with online and expecting nothing in return is a really great way to do that, right? The littlest things can make the biggest differences in someone's day or their life. And like I said, everybody's going through something that you know nothing about, right? And it doesn't have to be this grandiose gesture uh, of, you know, spending a bunch of money, but simply sending a token of appreciation or gratitude it can really change the trajectory of a relationship in magnificent ways. And when you start doing that, I have this rule that every single day, i send out 10 tokens of appreciation now not all of those are monetary Um, a lot of those are you know things like what we're doing in the 67 challenge with glenn um, where you know you just send out a text message to somebody a a message of of encouragement or positivity Um, i like getting really unique when i send gifts out um i I find out about the person right and then i try to send out something if i'm going to send something in the mail um, i try to find out what's important to them maybe sometimes it's just an emailed gift card um, you know, one of one of our Rise and Grind members last week had, had made a post, um, and it moved me in a million ways. And I, and I don't, I don't ever really put publicly anything that I, that I do behind the scenes, but it moved me in so many ways because she was talking about um, how you know she didn't know what to wear to an upcoming event, right? And you know, it just moved me. And so I sent her a gift card to Nordstrom, and she was in tears, and she said, "I've never shopped there in my entire life." And I said, "You know what?" You're going to start now go invest in something yourself go make yourself feel amazing go and be beautiful you and it was the smallest gesture on my part but to somebody else it made a world of impact and because of that stupid little thing and, and we're literally just like random social connections i don't know this person on any kind of like an extreme level but I felt called to do it. And God places those moments on my heart and in my life. Sometimes I could be out having dinner, right. And, and just out of nowhere, God will put it on my heart and say, Hey, there's 10 people in this restaurant. I want you to pay for their dinner. It's little things like that, that make huge differences in people's lives. And it's crazy what happens, the law of attraction, call it God, call it whatever you want. When you start doing those little things, not only does it change you internally, but when you start impacting the lives of other people, especially random strangers, it's crazy what will end up happening and transforming in your own life. And so that's tip number three. I think that that's really, really important. Again, bestowing unsuspected kindnesses on unsuspecting souls. And we are a little bit over uh, for resetting. So I do want to do that really quick before we hop into tip number four and continue this conversation this morning. Again, if you're just joining us, we are talking about seven ways to take your social network off social and build relationships beyond the keyboard. So if you are just popping, in here guys this is Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. And did you know that you can catch every single segment on the Breakfast with Champions podcast? Guys, we're we're literally omnipresent on podcasts, so whether you're on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen and get your podcasts, make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. You can head on over to breakfastwithchampions.live and grab that link to subscribe. And while you're there, we do have a small ask of you. We would be so incredibly grateful if you would leave us a five-star review, and here's why. Guys, once we hit 100 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts especially, we're gonna be opening up and recommended to a much broader audience of new podcast listeners. And that's that many more lives and that many more people that we can impact make a difference in their lives. So if you guys are finding value here, if you wanna help us reach more people and help us multiply that impact, again, leave us a five-star review and then shoot us a DM and let us know that you did and uh we'll give you guys a shout out on stage because we absolutely appreciate and stinking love you as my dear friend glenn lundy says so again we're talking about building these relationships beyond the keyboard uh it is about 30 after almost now. So I want to get through these guys. If you ever miss any of these tips, feel free. You can click on my profile, join my text club. It's absolutely free of charge. We'll make sure that we get these to you in case you missed any of them. Again, you can also get those on the podcast replays, but number four tip for building relationships beyond the keyboard and off of social media is to find commonality, call it common ground, call it what you will one of the best ways that i've gone about developing my social relationships into lasting offline friendships is by taking the time as i said previously to observe and learn about others right people enjoy the company of people that are like-minded and even if you don't have a great deal in common something as simple as like a shared love for fitness or an utter disdain for candy corn since it's october yes it just it belongs in the trash sorry not sorry <laughs> uh, but that can create introductory conversations that actually lead to cherished friendships. And I'm doing that all the time. You know, when I'm when I'm looking at engagement on social media, um, or I'm looking to connect with people, uh, that's something that I do all the time, right? I'm looking at what other people are talking about. And I'm trying to find something of interest that we have in common to make that connection. And like I said, it doesn't have to be one of these things where every single thing that, that we have in life that we enjoy, we have in common with another person. And that I think even goes for, you know, our romantic relationships, right? dr phil wrote a book and for the life of me don't ask i don't even remember what the name of it was but uh, i read it back in 2012 2013 something like that and he said if you can find 80 percent of what you want in another person then you've literally won the lottery and and i think that's true of every relationship that we encounter in life right if we're able to find that common ground and we're able to make those connections and again i've talked earlier about how i'm reading the love languages. If we can speak to other people in their language and we can relate to them, even if it's on a minuscule level, I think that really opens the door to create amazing relationships with other people. What do you think, Brian?
2: Yeah, I I um agree. Um, I, I you know, commonality is great. Uh, points of interest are great. Jesse Itzler tells a great story about going into a meeting, and he's three or four minutes late for the meeting. And he tells the story of how he goes in there and says, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. I was just helping my 90-year-old father who's suffering from this. And you know, I packed this and I moved him into the house. It's so important. And he was so, you know, blah blah blah. My father was so important. It's amazing to me, you know how my father helped me as a child, and now I'm helping him. And blah. And and he talks about this, and he says it really was. It's not about that story so much. Is it was setting the table." For the For the meeting with the stranger, he's really telling the stranger, "I'm a caring person, I take care of my responsibilities. I put my responsibilities over being on time for a particular meeting, my responsibilities to family. And, and I thought what a, what a great way to set the stage. And of course, it, it was a little bit more in depth than that, but as, as you were speaking, I, I thought of, of that. you know, commonality is great when it's genuine and sincere. And I was speaking with a gentleman yesterday that I have a meeting with today, and his last name is Cote. And I thought back and I said, gee, Cote, are you French? And he said, oh, I am. And I said, you know, I, I've only known one Cote. And it was a man I used to referee hockey games with in uh, the, the late 80s, early, uh, uh, I mean, late 70s, early 80s. And he said, oh my God, well, I'm from Canada. I said, well, of course you are. And next thing I know, you know, we, the stage was set, it was very um, uh, organic, it wasn't forced. Uh, just pointing something out. And, you know, we we ended up having a 20-minute discussion about his, his father, who was a hockey player and a boxer. And and then he went to work in a, a, a railroad f- uh, factory and, you know, how those traits there helped him be this and that. And then they moved to Boston and his father kept boxing for the rest of his life. And now he's, a, you know, it was just a, an amazing conversation that wasn't forced. And, you know, I do believe I have a, a good leg up as we're going into this meeting Uh, this morning at nine nine o'clock and so you know i I think being authentic is you know uh, people that resonate with me not and certainly i understand that i can be polarizing and people don't but the people that do appreciate the fact what you see is what you get and you know i I, i'm not getting up early in the morning to show anybody anything i'm not working out to impress anybody i'm just trying to be a better version of myself and if, if other people come along the way and they do it and they try and do it even better than I am and doing it. Great. Good for you. That's what it's all about. Um, you know, I'm 60 years old. I'm not going to win any races, uh, uh, anytime soon. I'm not going to win any strength contests anytime soon, but I'll, I'll put my ability to have will and will power and follow through, uh, I'll put that test up against uh, pretty much anybody else, and and the message is really simple, uh, Michelle. If I can do it, you can do it. If you can do it, we can do it. If we can do it, they can do it, and and whatever your it is, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. So when people say they don't have time, you know, in a, in a subtle way, we have to tell them the full of crap, uh, and without hurting their ego. No, but you don't. Know. I love when people tell me you don't understand. You know, you but you don't understand, and like uh, okay let's talk about what I don't understand. Tell me. Tell me what tragedy you've had come your way or what difficulty that I that I either haven't experienced or can't comprehend. There's not too many. Uh, there's not too many that, that I haven't experienced. And no, I haven't had, uh, thankfully, uh, a spouse uh, take their own life. Uh, but, but I do understand what some of that must feel like to somebody that's experienced that. I, I understand the questions and, and that and, you know, but I'm going to come to the same place. What, what, what can you learn from it? how can you grow from? What can you share from it? How can you help others? You know, I, a Barbara Majeski had cancer guy, you know, I, I had a little skin cancer, but I didn't have real cancer. I had skin cancer. Uh, and you know, that, so it doesn't count. Uh, But when I hear her story, I say, gosh, you know, I I get it. I get it. And, you know, in some ways, if I ever hear those words again, uh, you've got cancer and maybe God forbid, it's a little more serious. Her journey, her path, uh, in some ways, I hope will help me in my journey and my path if I if I experience that. And that's really I think what this is about.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, and and I think sometimes like it's those tragedy to triumph triumph stories that really are what make a difference and, and what keep other people going. I mean, I know when I went through that tragedy in my life, like I said, I, I I have this phrase where I say you get five minutes to grieve and then you have to be gangster. And although that isn't the literal five minutes, I think that it really changes. Uh, their perception, right? And if it wasn't for people that had reached out to me um, and helped find common ground with me and had shared their own stories... I think it would have made it a little bit more difficult for me, as difficult as it already was, uh, to be able to overcome and to be able to use that pain for a purpose. And, and it didn't happen instantaneously. Um, but taking us into... T- and,
2: and, and Michelle, we've all experienced that, right? We we've have. we all experienced where it's dark. You think, you know, I mean, little kid, I got a bad report card. I think my dad's going to kill me and life's all over. You know, and, and, and sadly and tragically, the pressure on a lot of the kids put on themselves today sometimes... They, they experienced, you know, I'm, I'm rather than face this bad report card, I'm going to take my life and, you know, childhood suicides uh, through the roof uh, right now. But but when COVID hit and when it first hit and our business was closed down by the states and we were losing buckets of money, the income went away. You know, I was prepared for a recession and a reduction in revenue, 20 percent, 25 percent, 30 percent, 40 percent, but not 100 percent. And, you know, for a hot moment, I was feeling, oh, my God, the world is over. Uh, You know, this this 30 years of 39 years of career is going to get flushed down the toilet if this continues for X amount of time. And then I, you know, I I was in my, you know, my home office. I actually had COVID, as you know, and and I'm looking at the great books that are around me. And and then I realize that there's an expectation uh, of me by uh, my team, whether it's. a verbalized expectation or it's a, a non-verbal expectation there's an expectation hey captain you're re- leading this damn ship we're on the ship with you get us through this storm and you know so as we were doing our zoom calls you know that was the approach I took I'm, I'm Shackleton and I've got my men stuck in Antarctica and, oh by the way and the boat's all screwed up and uh, it's 28 below zero. We've got no food. We've got no way of communicating. And they're looking to me to get us the hell out of there. And, you know, I I, uh, stopped feeling sorry at some point. It's okay, like you said, to grieve. And I wasn't grieving, but I was certainly feeling sorry for myself. Well, what happened? Why did this happen? And started asking the right questions and better questions. What can I do to get us out of this? And, And we did, as many other businesses and people did. But there's still some people that are moaning about the COVID that hit March of last year or whenever it hit, and is still wallowing how they lost everything. It's time to, as Peter Tosh said, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and start all over again.
1: Yep, you absolutely have to. And you have to keep going and, you know, kind of going into tip number five. And I think this is another really great way that we can transition those relationships. You know, again, like I said, everybody's going through something, right? You, none of us, none of us are going to get out of, out of this alive without going through something that's extremely difficult. And so one way uh, that I have found and that has even worked, you know, when people have wanted to create relationships with me. So uh, listen up if you're interested in connecting with me and getting through to my inbox. This is a great way to do it. is to make someone laugh guys i have absolutely no idea where the phrase laughter is the best medicine originated from so if somebody wants to find out where that came from that's great but it carries a lot of power to me and every single day you know i'm a brand strategist a content creator i help client or i help businesses create client retention but every single day i'm tasked with creating content for clients and without fail guys without fail the posts that get people laughing always get the best engagement, like 100% of the time. So if you're somebody who's great at like quips or puns or plays on words, I always encourage you to use that to your advantage because humor is actually one of the best icebreakers in the world. And if you can get someone to crack a smile on your social feed and then hopefully transition that in person, chances are those people are going to want to stay as a part of your circle beyond the DM. And I think that's so important right now. I I don't think we place enough emphasis and importance on the element of humor like like we said at the top of the hour i mean we can find negativity anywhere we look it's 360 degrees around us 365 days a year so I think that when you're able to find that positive element or you're able you know, to share elements of humor, um, whether it be online, and, and, and it's not to say that, like I said, I mean, some people have dry senses of humor and, and not everything that's quote, people deem humorous, uh, maybe be humorous <laughs> There there's certain topics uh, that unfortunately I see people on social media uh, creating memes or, or humor around that probably should not have. But uh, as a general rule of thumb, I think that it's it's a really awesome way to kind of break the ice with somebody um and and again even if it's like in person right maybe you're meeting somebody you know you're at an event for the first time um find some common ground with them and, and make a joke make them laugh right if you're able to to make them laugh or to channel any kind of a positive emotion in someone it will take you further than you could ever imagine i think it was maya angelou that said People will forget what you said, they will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And that's all, that's all what a relationship is about, right? Imagine, you know, walking into uh, let's call it a bar, right? Imagine walking into a bar and you're interested in, in creating a connection with somebody. Again, maybe it's a romantic relationship. Uh, but if you just walk up to that person right off of the bat and and you start, you know, spitting all of this game and, and you've established no foundation with that person, it's a big turnoff, right? So it, the same thing goes for businesses and networking relationships. If you genuinely want to have a relationship with somebody off of social media, you have to you have to nurture that relationship, right? You have to create something in that person that will emotionally change how they feel and how they view you.
2: Can, 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 I, can I say it just a little differently? Of course. I, I, I and I, I think having a humorous outlook on things, um, you know, I I, I don't intend to make people laugh. That's not the intention, but really not to take myself or things so seriously, you know, and um, I I, I think that gives you the flexibility, right? of Bending and, and the tree that bends in a snowstorm uh, lets the snow fall off, and the tree that doesn't gets its branches broken. And I think very similarly in life, you know, you just gotta be, don't take yourself so damn seriously. Nobody else does, and and you know we can put too much pressure on ourselves. And I think having a humorous outlook on things, you know, there's a you know there's a there's, a, there's an irony in here someplace. There's a lesson in here someplace, and and having that ability to laugh at at yourself with yourself and see the uh, the bright side of things, I think, is, uh, is a really is a is a virtue. Uh, always look at the bright side uh, of life. I think it's something that served served us all well. And, you know, we, we, you know, that Tony Robbins has said this for years. You know, uh, people talk about, you know, someday we'll look back on this and we'll laugh. And Robbins says, you know, why wait till someday in the future to laugh, laugh about it now? And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, it's profound in its simplicity.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, I think even even through life's biggest storms, I think that it's important that we always try to find the positive side of things or the lesson that we can take away from it. And, you know, again, humor is a really great way to do that. I can tell you unequivocally that when I'm connecting with people online or if somebody is wanting to connect with me online, um, if they post something and it's really funny and they get me to laugh, I'm going to connect with that person probably quicker than I would connect with the person that's just in my inbox going, hey, look at my product. In fact, if you're in my inbox and you haven't connected personally with me and do that, I probably am just going to block and delete you. So fair warning. But you know that humorous element. I, I think that it's important. And whether we're looking at that from a situation for life and and for ourselves, or if we're just trying to make an impact in someone else's life and create that connection, um, it can take you really, really, really far. So i want to get through to these last two um, and then i really want to open this up to our moderators and perhaps our audience so you guys can share some of your insights uh, about how you build relationships beyond the keyboard but number six and again uh, i included this because of what happened on monday Um, i think we saw it earlier in, in 2020 as well and even 2019 i believe there was a day where uh social just completely shut down not of course for as long as it did on monday but Uh, again i think this goes without saying but i want to take it a step further which is to engage connection opportunities on all platforms now don't mistake this for me saying that you need to be promoting your brand or your product on all platforms, I think the target audience is something that's very important, especially as a content creator. Uh, wherever you're placing your products, it needs to be in front of the right people so that it has relevance. But that being said, somebody doesn't necessarily have to be a target for your product to be a potentially valuable person in your circle. And if this week's Facebook Instagram crash was was proof of anything, it's that we should be diverse in the places that we're hanging out. So I always like trying something new. Uh, maybe you're not a TikTok person. Maybe you're not a fan of tweets. Um, I personally am not right. That's not really where my audience hangs out. Um, I find myself that if I'm spending any time on TikTok or Twitter, I just basically end up down a rabbit hole. And so for me personally, um, those are not the best platforms. But in the wake of everything that happened this week, I thought it was really important to kind of shake things up. And to do that on a regular basis hang out where other people are and by applying all of the principles we've already talked about this morning on multiple platforms even if it's just taking it a step further right through email marketing and going in different places uh text marketing your website all of those are great but i think you'll greatly increase your connection opportunities and the ability to receive an invaluable roi in the form of relationships and so that's a str- that's a stride that i've personally taken this week Um, is to kind of step outside of my comfort zone. I mainly live on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, I normally only use Twitter, and I'm ashamed to say this, but the only times that you normally will see me uh, doing anything on Twitter is A, if I'm having an issue with a company and I cannot reach them on the phone, the irony is if I tweet something out at that company and say, hey, I'm having a problem with your service or a product, nine out of 10 times they are quicker to respond to my social media posts than they are to actually pick up the phone. And and that's sad to say, but that's the reality. So that's the one (laughs) instance I'm hanging out on Twitter. And of course the other instance is when Facebook and Instagram go down, everyone flocks to Twitter to find out what's going on with Facebook and Instagram. So, but I've really tried to make a concerted effort this week and realizing that just because I'm not pushing my products or my content or my courses or anything else that has to do with my products, on a particular platform. I do find that, that there is actual um, importance and relevance and, and there are lots of opportunities hanging out on those other platforms to be able to create engagement and connections with other people. And like I said, somebody doesn't have to be your target audience or be someone that would buy your products to be a valuable resource or connection in your life. There are people that are in my circle, um, fantastic friends, fantastic people that would probably never in a million years have a need for my products or services or content creation or anything like that. I mean, if they're an entrepreneur, great. Uh, But at the end of the day, a lot of those people have created so much value in my life just as a human being or as a mentor or providing antidotes of wisdom or my fitness coach, for example, right, my fitness coach and I are polar opposites, absolute polar opposites. He's a 23 year old up and coming rising star, you know, just had launched his own business. I was one of his first clients, we had nothing in common. He's arrogant, he's egotistical in every way, shape or form. But that human being has pushed me to lose 138 pounds. And he's he's pushed me the whole way now for 11 and a half months. And like I said, we have nothing in common. He hangs out on TikTok. That's the only place that he hangs out. But I just happened to see one of his videos on there one day that somebody sent to me. And then I found him, you know, he was working with another client on Facebook and we created an amazing friendship. And and here he's changed my life. So guys, never discount the, the opportunities that are available on other platforms. And Brian, I know you're really diverse, right? We see you on every single platform. How important do you think that it is that you're omnipresent? I don't know what happened to Brian. Sarah, I know that you have strong opinions on this. Yes. How important do you think is it to be omnipresent? And, and especially, I'm sure you've seen it too. Maybe you're not hanging out, you know, and, and sharing content on every platform, but I'm sure that you've created connections on platforms that are not your home space. Yes? This conversation so much.
3: And, you know, what I would add to the conversation is to your point, we're talking about, you know, all the different ways to connect with people. And I know that kind of everyone was saying this this week, but the importance of even going beyond social media. Like I'll say for me, I can say for almost everyone on this stage, like I pick up the phone and call people. Like that to me is so important. Like, I can't tell you how, like if you hit like a certain number, first of all, if I love you, I'll call you. And if you love me, you call me. But like, if I had a certain number of text messages, I'm like, this is just way more efficient if we get on the phone. And just talk through it and the rapport that you build and the connection that you build obviously we all believe in the power of hearing someone else's voice and their intonation because we're on an audio app um but i just like that's meaningful to me so my biggest piece of advice listening to this conversation about you know how do you build relationships um with people and and kind of grow from that that acquaintance or that cold lead or that light connection to like this is a person in my life is pick up the phone and talk to them. I really think we underestimate how powerful that is. And as I said, like, I, like I'll like i even, this is funny, but like Brian Benslock called me for the first time like two weeks ago and I was talking to Glenn the next day and I was like, talked to Brian Benslock on the phone, new level of friendship. But like, that's a real thing. I think it really matters when you actually take the time to talk to someone on the phone. There is something old school about that. that says that you care about them more than shooting them a text or
1: Enjoy. Brian you're in the matrix my friend oh
3: no I called him out when he's in the matrix but I mean literally I could go through so many people on the stage who I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to talk to them on the phone and it's just so meaningful um it really is and the one other thing that I'll say on that note is that whether it's you know phone or email or text I think we also overlook pleasantries we think of it as small talk but it's not I think taking the time to say to someone like, Hey, how are you? What's going on in your life to know a little bit about them beyond whatever the kind of like transactional point of the conversation is. People really remember that as well. I'm done speaking.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And that's true in sales, too. I mean, my my background, I started in the auto industry at a very young age in sales. and, And I think that was probably one of the first things that I picked up on, you know, was just that small talk. I mean, somebody could be wearing a hat with a sports team, right? And I was that fan. And, and it's not to say that you're not authentic, but when you can find that common ground and you're able, you know, to break the ice through that small talk, I think it's essentially important. I really do. And, and like you said, too, I didn't get into the whole, you know, text, email, phone call thing, because I think sometimes that it, it goes without saying. So I didn't want to get redundant with it. But, you know, it's, it is. It's very important, you know. And that's another thing. Like, we live in a tech society. I'm horribly guilty of it. Um, 98% of my communication, at least when I'm transitioning, you know, from social media to like real relationship with people, um, it starts either in a DM or a text, right? And I'm like you, Sarah. I get to the point where I'm like, there's only so many text messages you can send me. Can we just like nix that middle opportunity hop on a phone call? I'd love to get to know more about you or your brand or your goals or your vision or, or whatever it might be. And I think that that's really so important is once you've established that foundation and that relationship on social media, that. You do start moving in that direction where, hey, we have a text conversation and then we have a phone call. And then ultimately, you know, the the end goal, of course, at least for me, um, is hugging next in person. And that's our last tip. And and I want to kind of go into this last tip. I made it my last tip because I really wanted to talk about the upcoming event. Uh, But number seven, great way, in my opinion, to create a relationship and take it from social media to an offline relationship is to host your own event. And that Glenn is absolutely doing that on November 5th. We're gonna be celebrating the 1,000th episode of Rise and Grind. So I'll give you guys some details on that here in just a minute. But you know, the pandemic has certainly made it tough to hug next in person. I'm a hugger, I'm, I've always been that person. Uh, but as we begin moving forward, a great way to create real life connections is getting people together in person, right? And even if it's initially outside of your comfort zone, I totally get that. Um, I, I was one of those people for a while too, where you know I'm a very outgoing person and I'm very bubbly, but it can sometimes be intimidating. Uh, when you go and you meet some of the people in your life that have had influence. And in 2018, I had the very fortunate opportunity that my dear friend, Lisa Copeland, invited me to an event that Glenn was having, and I was adamant that I wasn't going. I was supposed to be in a wedding. Um, I was supposed to be at a rehearsal dinner the day of the event, and I probably told her no at least a dozen times until she finally cracked me and said, listen, get your butt here, you have to be here. And I finally said, okay, fine. You know, if Lisa Copeland's telling me I absolutely have to be there, we were just friends on social. I had never met Lisa Copeland in person. And I remember getting uh, into Florida. I was sitting down with, with you know my traveling buddy. We were getting ready to eat. And she says, no, you need to come where we're at right now. We're 45 minutes away. And I wasn't dressed to impress. I, I didn't know anything. It was this, all of these influencers. Glenn Lundy was there. Scott Simons was there. Lisa Copeland. Liza Borges. Danielle Delgado. I mean, this was a bunch of people that I had looked up to. And here I am. I'm in jeans and a hoodie and ball cap. And I completely felt out of my element. But I remember walking down that long corridor, and here comes Nell Delgado. I'd never met her in person. She comes running up to me and gives me this big hug, and I walk around this, this room to this table of people that are all sitting, and I get a standing ovation. And what I realized in that moment was, I, I, I mean, it was literally like I was brought to tears because I didn't realize the impact that my journey and my story had had on people, all of which I had only had relationships On social media. That was my very first time ever engaging with any of those people. And as uncomfortable and as awkward as I felt in that moment, I was embraced on a level that I had never experienced before. And so by taking steps towards creating, you know, being a host, uh, or even mentioning that you're gonna be at an event, I think you're really able to create some amazing relationships and connect with some friendly faces. You know, we're naturally social creatures. And even if you're not social per se, even organizing something as you know simple as like a small meetup for coffee with a couple of people you've connected with, it can really go a long way with the people in your social community. And so guys, like I said, we are celebrating the 1000th episode of Rise and Grind. On November 5th, uh, I am gonna do my best to be there. I have some conflicts that had already been planned uh, around the holidays. I live in Colorado in a mountain town in the middle of nowhere. My family is spread out all across the country in Ohio and South Carolina and Arizona. Uh, So the holidays are really the only time that I have an opportunity to be able to see my family. So I am doing my best to get there. I've given some other people's opportunities to get there. Uh, but I'm going to do my best. But guys, like I said, if you're learning from this room today, imagine how much you're going to gain when we come together in person in Lexington. Again, that's November 5th through the 7th for the Grow Your Business For God's Sake conference. You're going to be able to make more money, make a bigger impact, and we're going to teach you exactly how to do that. So again, as we celebrate Glenn Lundy's 1,000th and final episode, an end to an era that has changed my own life. Um, that group, that community, hashtag Rise and Grind, I think it's impacted many of our lives. And in partnership with the beautiful Tamara Andress, of course, we're going to be featuring so many of your favorite Breakfast with Champions on our hosts. And you're going to learn literally how to grow your business for God's sake. So there's a couple of ways you can grab tickets to that. You can go to breakfastwithchampions.live. You can sign up there. You can also go to growforgod.com. And there's, I believe, I'm not sure. Sarah, are there any VIP tickets remaining? I know those were going pretty quickly. I think there might be just a few. Perfect. So like I said, head on over there, guys. Make sure that you grab your ticket. Create offline relationships. At this massive, massive, incredible event that is going to be again November fifth through the seventh in Lexington, Kentucky, we hope to see all of you there. And we've got about five minutes left. I always like hey, to uh, engage uh, our audience. Hey, he's out he of the meeting.
2: let me let me chime in with something about the meeting in Kentucky. Uh, I uh, ha- I do a meeting, a sales meeting, uh, one of my most popular ones, where I talk. about Power of a meeting and I was in a sales meeting in 2006 that uh, the speaker one of the speakers that day changed my entire life and you know he talked about a struggle of uh, Fred and Dick Hoyt and from that meeting I was motivated to start running uh, in honor of my boss and you know I' probably run 10,000 miles as a direct result of that meeting, and nobody gives a damn, I don't give a damn about my knowledge. It's not about that. It's about the people that I've met and the the changes that that meeting had uh, on my life. And I I think if you go to the meeting in Kentucky, I want you to go with a very low level of expectation. I want you to get to, to set the bar at this. If you can come away with one thing that you own that you'll in, that you'll put in place one practice, one technique, one method from that meeting. Uh, it can have the impact of changing. Back in the matrix brain, one from that meeting, just
3: one
2: that it makes all of the effort. And any of the expense, well, well worth, uh, I think that as an investment, it's an investment, you're getting something back from that meeting. And a lot of times we say, I don't have the time or it's going to be, uh, too much money or, and, and, you know, it's like one of those things, it, when are you going to make time for you? And so to be around some of these people to have, you know, whether it be Donnell Delgado or, or Glenn or anybody, that's, that's speaking there, to be able to say, uh, maybe you've raised the bar a little higher. I'm going to get one golden nugget from each of the speakers. And and I went to a Grant Cardone's 10X meeting, and I, I spent a pretty good amount of money going to that meeting. And with the first speaker, Jesse Itzler, I said to the uh, person sitting next to me, I, I got my $10,000 worth from just listening to Jesse. I got my 10000 dollars worth and you know i won't get into how i got and, and it's not about uh, a, a physical return on investment but he talked about the number one obligation that you have to your family to your business to your children to your spouse is your freaking health that's your number one obligation that you have to those people and that may everybody was in the room right that same statement when you know some people said, yeah, yeah yeah whatever and there are other people who said well he's right and then there are other people who said damn it i never looked at it that way that that's so important that you take care of your physical vibrancy, your energy, and 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 what and, and so to refocus on that, not to just be a casual gym person or casual uh, dieter or a cat. No, be very intentional about that because people are counting on you sticking around. You know, so so you know, when you set the bar like that, um, you know, I went the the day it was uh, March fourteenth in two thousand and six. And I was at that meeting, and I, I said to myself, I'm, I'm going to run a marathon in honor of my, my, my boss. It was in March of two and, – and November of that same year, I, I ran the first marathon that I've run in my life. God-awful time, God-awful time. But I did, it, I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. And I showed myself I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. And, you know, and I've run, I don't know, 23, 24 since then. But the people that I've met, if I could tell you about the people that I've met – Incredible, and, and when you do, you 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 realize that there's more that you can do. And so I would say that the meeting in Kentucky, go there with that standard. I'm going to get something, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to put that in gear. I'm going to take that stick shift, and I'm going to I'm going to put depress the clutch, and I'm going to move the stick shift forward, and I'm going to come up off the clutch, and I'm going to be in first gear. And then, and then I'm going to get something else. I'm going to depress the clutch and go to second gear, and then third gear, and then fourth gear, and, and propel you. Start, get momentum. The book that I mentioned this morning, the 5 a.m. Club, It do you know it, it, Jim Rohn always talks about? Uh, you know, I mentioned read the book. It's really impactful. And and what did Jim Rohn say? Some will, some won't. The majority won't. But I'm telling you, this is the book that starts you on your journey. I already get up at 5 o'clock. I got it. Me too. But this book, I'm telling you, as somebody that loves getting additional hacks and knowledge, the book is freaking amazing. And and so uh, I, I just think that the, the meetings like that, uh, I, 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 as much as it's a celebration of Glenn's thousandth show, for me, it's I, I, I could I could care less about that. I'm more interested in a combination of the minds getting together to have an impact on other people. What can come out of that meeting? The possibilities of what can come out of that meeting. It's, you you can't quantify it, it can be amazing. I'm sorry for ranting.
1: No, you're not ranting. And and guys, I, I, I speak to you with 100% transparency in telling you that the person that showed up to Glenn's event in 2018, 2019, whatever year it was, they kind of run together. Um, I have received my investment back 100 times over in the forms of relationships and business transactions and everything else. And it's not about that, but we say it to redundance. You're truly one connection away from your Best life and the connections that I made at that event have forever been cemented on my heart and they have changed my life in indescribable ways. Glenn Lunday can tell you verbatim exactly what happened. I won't go into the whole long story, but uh Glenn can attest to, to my own transformation and what happened at that event. And uh it's just been life-changing. So, guys, thank you so much for spending the past hour with us.